Hello and welcome to the Smart Witch Podcast and thank you so much for joining me today. So this is just going to be a very short episode and it's going to be the first of many that will follow um, in which we dedicate our time together to exploring the natal birth chart and how to interpret your birth chart and make sense of it and I feel like that's going to be really helpful and obviously there's a lot to that so we're going to do this over a very long period of time, Um, but we're just going to start today by talking about our big three placements. Now, before we get into that, you are going to want access to your natal birth chart in order to interpret all of this and make sense of it and be able to apply this information to yourself. So in order to access your birth chart, thankfully there's a lot of places that you can do this for free online. I recommend astro.com. And you can literally just type in your information and within seconds, your birth chart will appear. It doesn't come with any automated interpretations. So um, it doesn't interpret the chart for you, but that's what I'm here for. We're going to basically do that together. Um, But it will show you everything that you'll need to know to make sense of your birth chart in symbols. So we're going to talk about that and I'm going to show you what to look for. Um, But you are probably going to want to pull that up now or if you want to listen to this episode first and then approach it later and re-listen to the episode while you look it over, you could certainly do that. Um, But just so you know, there are many other places too, but astro.com is the one that I like and I think that's just kind of the most universally recommended to just get your chart really, really quickly. And so in order to um, access your birth chart, you are going to need some information, obviously your birthday, but you're also going to want to make sure you have the correct exact location of your birth. And you're also going to want your birth time as well. So if you don't know that offhand, which I know most of us don't see if you can contact your mom, hopefully she has that information. Or if you have your birth certificate tucked away somewhere, you'll want to grab that just so that you can um, make sure that you do have the correct time. If there's absolutely no way that you can actually Access your birth time if it's not written on your birth certificate, which I think that if you are um, an older person, like I think over, because like I know my parents who are both over 50, they swear to me that their birth time is not on their birth certificate. So I think that if you're after a certain age, they didn't used to put those on there. So um, if you're if you don't know offhand and you don't really have any way of finding out, then you can just use midnight as your time. And that's what I would recommend doing in that event. Um, with the understanding, of course, with the caveat that it's it's not necessarily going to be correct in every, you know, guaranteed because The rising sign could potentially be off, which would pretty drastically um, affect the personality. And honestly, it only takes a matter of seconds for a planet to change signs. So um, you're you're not going to want to use midnight unless you really do have to basically. But if you don't have your birth time, that's fine. You can still play along. And for the most part, your birth chart should still be extremely accurate. I do these all the time for clients and use midnight for those who don't have their time. And I still get really positive feedback. So I've never had that be an issue. I've done my dad's birth chart and he was not able to access his time. So I used midnight and again, very accurate. So don't feel discouraged by that at all. So, um, 
Before we get into, we're going to just very simply today talk about the big three, which honestly, astrology, thankfully, <laughs> I'm excited about this, has become really trendy as of late, I would say within the last couple years. I literally feel like at this point, almost everybody knows their top three signs, which are, if you're, if you're not familiar with what those are, your ascendant, your moon sign, and your sun sign. So if you're totally not familiar with astrology beyond your basic sun sign. Um, I'm just going to catch you up to the rest of us really quickly. Sorry to those who are familiar, at least with the top three. This part might be a little bit boring, but we have to mention it. So if you're not familiar with anything beyond like the sign that you would look to for like, say your daily horoscope in the newspaper. So that sign that you've identified with your whole life. So let's say, you know, you've gone through life saying I'm an Aquarius. That is actually your sun sign. So what that means is that the sun was located in the sign of Aquarius, which is actually a 30 degree section um, of the ecliptic, which is the path of the sun, the path that the sun travels in a year, um, which is divided into 30 degree sections by astrologers, and of course this isn't actually a physical, literal line that exists in the sky, it's just a hypothetical line that would be there if we were to literally draw the sun's path as it moves throughout the year. Um, so that line, which is called the ecliptic, has been divided by astrologers into 12, 30 degree sections, which are the signs of the zodiac. And so... Um, if you say I'm an Aquarius, that means that the sun was located in the 30 degree section of Aquarius at the time of your birth. So that's what that means. Now, what's really interesting is that you have much more to your astrological personality than just your sun sign. You also have your, as I just said, your rising sign, which is the sign that is rising over the eastern horizon at the exact moment of your birth. You have a, your moon sign, meaning that the moon was also located in one of those signs at the time of your birth. You have a Mercury sign, you have a Mars sign, you have a Venus sign, and literally where all of these planets were located at the moment that you were born, they all say something different about you and they all indicate something different about your very complicated astrological makeup. And so we're going to talk about that a lot in this podcast. We're actually going to do a dedicated episode to each and every one of these planets slash astrological placements. And honestly, this is still just scratching the surface because not only was every planet in a sign at the moment of your birth, and that's something to factor and consider, but also you have the 12 houses, which have planetary activity. And even though we all have empty houses, there's still a sign that is on the cusp of that house that is influencing that house and the houses represent areas of life. So your particular house placements are extremely important and drastically color your astrological personality. And the planets are also constantly forming different angles to one another known as aspects. And these really influence your drives and motivations and behaviors. So there's so much to consider when we're 
analyzing and interpreting a birth chart that is so far beyond the sun sign. And actually, it makes me laugh when people who aren't familiar at all with any type of astrology, they've never studied it, and they say, oh, there's no way astrology is real, which that statement alone I truly have a problem with because saying that you don't think astrology is real is literally saying like you don't think music or art is real. They are real. That's not a question. It's just a matter of whether or not you believe that there is validity or um, any sort of merit or accuracy to the practice, which, you know, if you don't practice it, I guess it's kind of hard to say that there's no merit to it. But anyhow, when people say that they don't think astrology could possibly be legitimate as a study simply because it's too simple, as in you can't divide um, like human personalities into 12 different categories, that's so laughable to an astrologer because there is so much to consider in a birth chart beyond that. And we don't even really, the sun sign really, and actually this ties back not to get too feminist on you, but it really does tie back to the Western focus on the patriarchy over the uh, divine feminine. And actually, I am one of the astrologers that is of the school of thought and the belief that the moon sign is actually more, and I don't want to say more important, that's not fair, but it's more resonant than the sun sign. It's more influential. And it's the influence that we most more strongly recognize in ourselves and therefore knowing it and familiarizing ourselves with it is very powerful and I think more interactively helps us in a way that knowing and familiarizing ourselves with our sun sign isn't necessarily. And so it's so important that we do know our full chart, even if we're not necessarily professional astrologers or interested in learning astrology, because this really, I think, is the key to living your best and most fulfilling life. And also just understanding yourself better and where you fit into the world. And again, really just how you can make the most of your time here in this incarnation. So um, if that's new to you, that's just important to know that you do have, in addition to your sun sign, which is, as I said, the sign that you most heavily identify with, the sign that you would look for when you're reading a horoscope from a magazine or a newspaper, that's your sun sign. But you also have, again, a moon sign, a Venus sign, a Mars sign, a Mercury sign, all which contribute different influences to your astrological makeup. So in this episode, we, as I said, are going to do episodes all throughout this podcast on the aspects. We're going to talk about the houses in the natal birth chart. We're going to talk about all the different planetary signs in the natal birth chart. Um, but in this episode, we're not going to dive too deeply into any one of these three, but I just want to introduce you to the three big signs, quote unquote, and most importantly, what the difference is between the three of them. Because if you're only going to know three, and I do think they're all important, so it's kind of hard to even say this, but you really do want to at least know your rising, your sun, and your moon sign. And as I was saying earlier, I think it's really fascinating because astrology has definitely blown up. There's literally an astrology section in Cosmopolitan Magazine now, which I think is so cool. It's literally become something that we're all familiar with. And I think most of us have familiarity of our rising and moon signs, as well as our sun signs at this point. It's not uncommon for me to ask someone what their sign is, and they literally rattle off all three effortlessly. And people are not very surprised when I do this to them. I don't get a lot of shock like I used to. People are like, oh, cool. Well, um, I'm this rising and this moon, and this is my sun. And we're able to actually have an 
interesting conversation about it. So I definitely recommend knowing those. Um, But just so you know what the difference is between them, because they all deal with you and how you express yourself, but they're really different versions of you. So first of all, let's start with the sun sign since it's the one that you're most familiar with. I'm just going to use my own personal birth chart as an example. So I am an Aquarius sun person. And so... um, that's kind of a good place to start. The sun basically shows the role that you're playing here in this lifetime and the costume that your soul is wearing, so to speak. I know that sounds kind of like esoteric and like kind of weird, but it's the best way I can describe it. It's the role that you're here to play and it's also who you're here to become. And it's not necessarily the the person or the energy that you're born into as much as it's who you're growing into constantly. And what's really interesting is that we don't even reach the fullest expression of our sun sign until later in life. And so a lot of the time, especially when we're children, we may read about our sun sign and it may not particularly resonate. And that's because we usually don't even begin to really step into our sun sign until about a age 30, around the time of our first solar, or excuse me, Saturn return. So um, that's really interesting that even if you're in your 20s or younger, which I don't know if you should be listening to this podcast if you're much younger than that, but nonetheless, uh, with parental permission, of course, you're welcome here. Um, But my point is, that we don't necessarily just like feel the sun sign as deeply as a lot of people expect that maybe they should. And so um, that's something to keep in mind that it's really, it's who we're here to become. And it is very important, uh, but it's not, as, as I said, it's not nearly the full picture. So then we also have the rising sign, which is your mask. It's the person, it's how you're comfortable projecting yourself. It's the, it's the role that you're comfortable playing in front of and around people that you don't know very well. It's literally the mask that you wear when you leave the apartment or the house. It's the uh, way that you project yourself for the first like roughly 15 minutes of knowing someone or talking to a new person. It's how you want other people to see you. So there's nothing intimate about the rising sign. There's nothing um, subconscious about it. There's nothing deep about it. It's really just how we're comfortable presenting ourselves to the world and projecting ourselves out into the world. So again, using my own birth chart, I am a Libra rising. So I hope you kind of already see the difference between the moon and the rising sign. So while the sun sign is kind of who you're here to become, it's the role that you're playing. So there's still a very extroverted how you're showing up to the world kind of quality about the sun sign. But the ascendant is more than that, you're going to see that first. The ascendant is actually the sign that you wear more on your sleeve. And so actually as an astrologer, it's kind of funny because when I tell people that I'm an astrologer that I just met, a lot of the time they love to tell me to guess their sun sign, which is honestly kind of irritating anyway, because even though I'm very familiar with astrology, I'm not necessarily going to know someone's sun sign by knowing them for two seconds. But even still, That's actually a very difficult task because especially if you've literally known them for like under 15 minutes or so, you're not going to see the sun sign. We don't see a person's sun sign until much later into knowing them. And it comes out not quite as obviously as the rising sign. So a lot of the time, if you are just meeting a new person and you happen to share with them that you're kind of into astrology, they ask you to guess, a lot of the time you'll end up guessing their rising sign or you'll 
use the qualities um, that are actually corresponding to, more to their rising sign to try to guess what it is. You may be close, but you may just miss. Um, but it'll be the rising sign, in other words, that's more apparent if you're dealing with someone that you don't know very well. So again, using my birth chart, I'm a Libra rising, which means that if you just meet me for the first time, I am going to try to please you. I am a people pleaser. I'm going to try to make you comfortable. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about yourself. I might become slightly uncomfortable if you ask too many questions about me. I'm going to just be really polite. I'm going to come off as really soft-spoken, really diplomatic, really cooperative, um, perhaps even soft-spoken and just like sweet because Libra Risings really just like to make other people comfortable. They're extremely relational. They like to keep the pressure and the spotlight off themselves when they're meeting a new person and they really just are very eager to please and they like to read people and kind of figure out what they need, what they want. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? How can I please you in this moment? What do you want me to say? Um, how can I be my most polite and like just nice girl self right now. Um, that's Libra rising. We just really want to make you comfortable in the first couple of minutes of knowing you. And What's interesting about that is once you know me for a little longer than about 15 minutes, you see the Aquarian in me pretty quickly. So there's that switch. And when we think about our relationships, there is a switch, isn't there? When we go, obviously, from barely knowing someone to knowing them even just a little bit deeper or seeing them a couple more times, we see a different side. And this really isn't phoniness. It's not fakeness. It genuinely is still a part of us, our ascendant. It's still very much a part of who we are. It's just who we're comfortable projecting ourselves as. It's the part of our personality that we are most comfortable accessing in public. So it's not that it's fake. It's not that it's forced or phony or not real. It's more just that it's not, it's not the, the deepest version of us, the most intimate. It's the one that other people will see before even knowing us well in any way. So very interesting. So when you're thinking about the sun sign, which again for me is Aquarius, you do almost have to filter that through some sort of an understanding of the rising sign because again, it really will, will potentially mitigate it. You're looking for whether the relationship between the rising sign and the sun sign is harmonious, whether it's a relationship that enforces the qualities of the sun sign and vice versa, or conversely, whether there's some tensions. Like again, for example, Aquarians typically are not very concerned about pleasing others. In fact, quite the opposite. They're very okay with making people a little bit uncomfortable. They like to shake things up. They like to question authority. They like to shock. They love the, the shock value factor. Um, and they're really okay going against the grain. Now, Aquarians, this is actually a common misconception about our signs, um, we're not really outwardly rebellious in a lot of ways, usually, unless obviously there's a lot of um, tricky, spiky Uranus aspects in the birth chart, which is obviously possible. But um, typically, Aquarian people just kind of like to do their own thing. They like to be left alone. They're very individual and independent. And we really just like to quietly rebel by just doing things differently. We're not necessarily trying to rally everyone up and get everyone on our board. We just really want to do things the way that we see fit, which is often not necessarily in alignment with how things traditionally are done. Um, so I always like to make that distinction when talking about Aquarius. But more to the point, 
what's interesting is that even though I'm an Aquarius, you really would not know that within the first few minutes of knowing me. You wouldn't know how eccentric I really am. You wouldn't know how unconventional I am and how quirky I am because I'm not showing you that at first. At first, you're just going to see the smiley, Venusian Libran who is interested in beauty, interested in fairness, interested in pleasing you, and interested in just an overall pleasant, easeful conversation. Libra risings really dislike any sort of a scene or even just like... Any, any sort of unpleasant social interaction. They really enjoy just everybody getting along, sometimes at the expense of standing up for an injustice. But thankfully, I have an Aries moon sister who's usually by my side, and she has no problem doing that, so it works out pretty well. But I digress. So um, the third sign that's kind of part of that big three that you really want to know is the moon sign. So the moon sign is the exact opposite of the ascendant in the sense that the moon, your moon sign is the deepest, most true, private version of you. It's who your instinct is to be, and it's who you are when no one is looking, when no one is judging you. And it's the part of you that comes out when you know someone very, very intimately. And even then, other people might not necessarily know this part of you. Like, I feel like a lot of times you especially with friends, not family, I think tends to know your moon sign, but a lot of the times friends, especially if they're not lifelong friends, if you were to tell them your moon sign and talk about the qualities of of the moon sign, they might be like, oh, that's not really you. You're not really like that. But you would kind of privately know that it resonates. There's a deeper resonance, I think, a more emotional and instinctual and intuitive resonance with the moon sign more so certainly than the rising sign and even more so than the sun sign. So it's really important to know that one. And that's the one that I really recommend if you're new to all of this and you're, you've never looked it up before. This is the one that I recommend really diving deeply into. So again, to use a specific example, I am a cancer moon, which adds a really interesting tension to my sun sign. Because again, that's always what we're looking at. When you're thinking about your big three, you want to pay attention to how those three signs challenge one another, how they differ from one another, or conversely, they might really be in harmony. And what's interesting is that you might even have two or even three all the same. I actually know someone who's a triple cancer. She literally has cancer as her sun, moon, and rising sign. And that's possible. You might have two out of three the same. And in that event, then quite obviously you're just going to find that you're very much that sign. That sun sign has probably always really resonated with you. If you are familiar at all with astrology, you've always probably really felt that you are strongly an expression of that archetype. But conversely, if you've always read astrology books and felt like, I don't really believe in astrology because my sign just doesn't really resonate with me, then it's very, very possible that your moon and or rising sign is the culprit. Because again, if they're really conflicting, then it's not that they're going to completely take away or like overpower your sun sign. They're not, but they are going to color it. So to give you an example, I'm a cancer moon. So I am actually, this is kind of enforcing some of the qualities of Aquarius because Aquarius is an extremely solitary and independent sign and cancer is a homebody sign. So I'm an extreme hermit and that's clear from my birth chart just with that um, dance between my Aquarius sun and my cancer moon. But there's also some huge differences. So for example, 
example, Aquarius sun people tend to be pretty emotionally detached. They can easily and effortlessly flow in and out of relationships. They don't really get stuck to people. They don't really cling to people. If anything, they become really uncomfortable when others are clinging to them. They really need their space and they're pretty much loners. They really like to do their own thing. They like people. They like the idea of humanity, but they don't necessarily want to um, be around other people in the way that a lot of the other zodiac signs appreciate and like to. So my Cancer Moon, however, is a little bit of a different vibe because Cancer Moon people especially are extremely emotional. And so I would still say that I'm very emotionally detached in a lot of ways, especially to people that I don't necessarily consider to be in my tight group. But once you are in my tight group, I'm very, very... Um, emotionally attached. And I do attach emotionally more so, and not just more intensely, but more quickly, I think, than most Aquarius sun people because of my Cancer moon. It adds a lot more emotion. It adds a lot more intuition. It adds a lot more feminine water energy. So it's just, it really kind of adds to and enriches my Aquarius sun. So hopefully now you have a sort of an idea of how to interact the three of these and like allow them to engage with one another. And um, as I said, we are going to do a lot more podcast episodes on this because it's so fascinating and I really want to empower everyone to be able to look at their birth chart and understand it. But we are going to do, I think probably in the next couple weeks, a, an episode purely on all the moon signs so that you know my interpretation of what your moon sign, um, how it might affect your astrological DNA. We're also going to do one on the rising sign. We're not going to do sun signs because I think everyone kind of knows that already. But I really just wanted this episode to be kind of a short intro on just these big three. And again, more specifically, I just wanted to highlight how they're different so that you can understand how they're kind of interacting with each other. So just to recap really quickly, the ascendant is the mask that you wear. It's the the part of yourself that you immediately show and that you reveal to people that you don't know very well. You wear it on your sleeve. It's a sign that astrologers would guess that you are if they just met you for the first time. Your sun sign is the role that you're playing in this lifetime. It's the costume that you're wearing. It's who you're becoming each and every day. And you don't reach the full expression of your sun sign until at the earliest, usually around age 30. And you will continue to embody it with more grace and more confidence throughout the course of your life. The moon sign is the truest and most instinctive and intuitive version of you. It is who your subconscious instinct is to behave as. It is who you are at your deepest, most private level. It's who you are when no one's looking. And it's the parts of you that come out in your most intimate relationships. It's your emotional needs. It's your emotional security. It's how you engage with your emotions and express yourself emotionally. So very important, certainly. So hopefully you kind of understand now just how they're different. And again, because you probably already know your sun sign, that's a great place to start. And then by learning your ascendant and your moon sign, you can just sort of think about how the three interact with each other, knowing that your sun sign is going to be kind of how you show up. Your sun sign 
I'm sorry, I think I just said sun sign. Your rising sign will be how you show up. Your sun sign is who you're turning into. And your moon sign is who you really are. So really powerful. And again, emphasis on the moon sign, because really that's how I would define it. It's who you really are. So your sun sign is not really, really who you are. It's not who you're born as. Your moon sign is who you're born as. So really look into that, because I think that will be really powerful. So um, now just to finish this episode up. So if you have pulled up your astro.com birth chart, if you have at this point, I just want to quickly show you. So what you're looking at is your chart. It's a circle with like 12 pieces of pie and you'll see one thick horizontal line in the middle of the circle and the very first sliver of pie should clearly be labeled with a one on the left-hand side. So once you've located that, look over and it should say the letters AC in in that sliver. And then you're gonna wanna look over to the sign. It's gonna be a symbol. Look over to the symbol that's on the cusp of that first slice of pie that's labeled with a one and labeled with an AC. And that symbol is going to be your sun sign. And I'm, or I'm sorry, your, uh, your rising sign. And I'm pretty sure there's a key somewhere on that to see if you're not familiar with the astrological symbols or you can just look it up. But um, that's going to be your rising sign. And then your moon sign, there's going to be, if you look over to the far left, there's like a small little key area where it actually says like moon, mercury, like it's very small, but they're all written out. And so you should actually be able to see, like it will tell you what your moon sign is over in that little box on the left-hand side there. And I actually think it will tell you your rising sign too. It will just say ASC and then it will tell you the sign. So look all that up. And it's a really good place to start. And I think I'm going to release an episode soon about probably, I think the Ascendant would be a really fun place to start, actually. So we'll talk about what your Ascendant means. We'll go through all 12 of them. And we'll talk about what it means, how each sign expresses them. And then we'll talk about the moon sign, too. And then eventually we're going to talk about them all because Venus is also really important, as is Mars and as is Mercury for different reasons. So we'll talk about all of that. But for right now, I just would love for you to get comfortable with the idea of having more than just your sun sign and with the idea of looking at your sun sign self through the lens of your rising and moon signs too. And really just thinking about how all three of them might interact. And if you don't know anything about the sign that is your rising or moon, then I really recommend doing that research. If you have any astrology books handy, if not, there's lots of great sources on the internet. Um, So check that out. And I'm really looking forward to doing more of these because I really am passionate about astrology and learning your own natal birth chart. And I love that I can just offer this free resource to help you do that. So I'm really looking forward to future episodes like this. Have fun researching your big three. And I hope it's super revealing. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Be well.